Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, the St. Louis Blues made a trade sending Clem Costin to the Edmonton Oilers for defenseman Dmitry Sumurikov. I hope I'm pronouncing it right, and I hope I'll be saying that name a lot because I'm a big fan of this trade, and I like the upside for the St. Louis Blues. Plus, it is opening night, October 11th, for the NHL regular season. The St. Louis Blues don't play for a little while. Uh, They don't play for a couple days, but that does mean the Blues announced their official opening night roster. So I'm going to be going through every single player on that roster and giving a quick blurb for my expectations of them for the regular season and beyond. Should be a fun episode. Hockey is back. Make sure you stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm your host, as always, Josh Hyman. If you're on YouTube, you can see it right there. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. If you've been here before, welcome back. Appreciate you coming back. Thanks for making Locked On Blues your first listen. If this is your first time tuning into the show, welcome. Got a ton of episodes in the bank. We do pretty much daily episodes here at Locked On Blues now that the regular season is rolling around. So like I said, if this is your first time here, thanks for showing up. Hit that follow or subscribe button whatever podcast platform you're listening to me on. And if you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button as well. Uh, Getting close to 500 subscribers there. I've been saying that for a little bit, but wanted something special for that. Big guest or hour-long episodes, something something fun. Um, But yeah, stay tuned for that. Lots of fun stuff in the works. But that being said, this is probably close to the busiest episode we've had in a long time on Lockdown Blues because there's a, a lot of news to cover. So first segment, like I said, I'm going to be reacting to the trade that the St. Louis Blues made, trading Clem Costin to the Edmonton Oilers for Dmitry Samurikov, something like that. Um, and then in the second and third segments, I'm just going to be going through the opening night roster for the St. Louis Blues and giving a quick blurb for each player and my expectations for them for the season. Should be fun, should be a good way to see how much I know about the team. You guys can come back to this episode in a couple months and say and see if my predictions or my expectations were right or wrong. Should be fun. But before we get into that stuff, let's talk about the trade. So, the writing's been on the wall here for a few weeks that the Clem Costin era in St. Louis was over. Um, just recently, he got put on waivers, and I pretty much dedicated the whole first half of the episode saying that I didn't think Clem Costin would ever play another game for the St. Louis Blues ever again, um, whether that meant he got claimed off of waivers or, you know, um, just spent time in the AHL. I didn't anticipate a trade happening, but before we get into the trade, let's, you know, go through the history a little bit. So Clem Costin, 31st overall pick uh, by the St. Louis Blues. That pick was acquired in... Uh, the Ryan Reeves trade. I remember everyone at the time was like, holy crap, we got this Clem Costin guy for Ryan Reeves. What a steal. And, you know, at the time, it seemed like a steal. And at the end of the day, still a pretty good trade. You know, you get a first-round pick for a grinder like Ryan Reeves. We don't need to get into that, though, obviously. Um, it's a conversation for another day. But, yeah, Clem Costin always had a lot of hype, a lot of potential uh, amongst myself and other Blues fans. I, You know, I was always really excited to watch him grow and watch him play. And he never really turned into that player that we all hoped he would turn into. Um, definitely kind of just stalled a little bit in the AHL and his opportunities with the St. Louis Blues didn't impress a whole lot either. Um, 
definitely felt like we could see more out of him. Uh, and it felt like he wasn't progressing much as a player. And I said coming into this season, this training camp and all that, that this would be a big proving ground for Klim Koss. And I think it was sort of his last shot um, with the St. Louis Blues. And it's hard to it's hard to assess like what it might have taken for him to earn a roster spot just because the forward group is so deep. There's so many players there that even if he comes out and, you know, puts up a couple hat tricks in preseason, does that really change a lot? I'm not sure. You know, this might have always been in the works. They're just trying to find the best way to to get rid of him on the team um, and stuff like that. But um, that being said, you know, like I said, writing was on the wall for a couple of weeks with him. Just the comments, some of the comments by Craig Ruby basically saying, like, we want to see more out of him. Uh, He's not doing enough for us, blah, 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 blah. He really felt like it was it was do or die time for Clem Costin. And he didn't impress a whole lot in preseason and training camp. He had a goal, but... Other than that, it definitely just seems like more of the same from him, and this led to him getting traded. Um, it's funny enough that he was on waivers, and so was Dmitry Samurakov, was also on waivers around the same time. So uh, it's interesting that both of the Oilers passed up on Kost and the Blues passed up on Samurakov. Um, but, you know, here we are. They get swapped for each other, and it's kind of just, in my mind, a win-win trade for both teams. Uh, I'm going to get into that a little bit in this upcoming second segment before i get into the details of the trade i want to tell you guys about our good friends over at built bar now if you haven't tried built bar puffs yet you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys and guess what there's a new flavor ready it's delicious indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate that's right built has done it again let me introduce you to your new favorite built bar flavor or built puff flavor cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture real cookie dough chunks and of course they're covered in 100 real chocolate you get all the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it plus it's healthy for you cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them so run to built.com right now snag yourself a box maybe get some for the family as well it'll be a perfect treat you can find a really good hiding place too. hide them from your family whenever built bar sends me a package I come downstairs and they're already half gone because my parents got the mail and they've eaten a bunch of them. So I got to start finding that hiding spot. Um, Go to built.com now. Use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15 or locked on 15. Sorry. Use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off at built.com. Be right back with the second half of today's episode. All right, so before we jump into the opening night roster, let's talk a little bit more about just the, the, the nitty-gritty of the trade. So who do the Oilers get? The Edmonton Oilers get a relatively young player in Clem Costin, a first former first-round pick in Clem Costin, a guy that definitely needs a change of scenery and has an opportunity to prove himself with a new team. Um, they don't nearly have as much forward depth as the St. Louis Blues. I know Clem Costin is starting the season in the AHL, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him get some NHL minutes at some point. Uh, and on a team with as high flying of an offense as the Edmonton Oilers, you know, led by Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl, if the chips fall in the right direction, Klim Kostin could find himself a nice role there uh, as like maybe like a third line center, fourth line center, or a wing. Uh, who knows? You know, he could even find himself on a line with Connor McDavid at some point. Just knowing how Edmonton works, they like to stick um, lesser skilled forwards with those guys sometimes, just to get you know almost hide a body out there. So. I'll be rooting for him, you know, no ill will, it's, it's not, I'm not one of those bitter fans that wants all traded players to struggle, uh, I hope Klim Kostin does well, you know, I hope the change of scenery works for him, I hope he can carve out a nice NHL career in Edmonton and beyond, uh, but let's talk about what the Blues got, so Dmitry Sumurakov, 
is his name. And um, I'm excited about it. Uh, he is a former third-round pick by the Edmonton Oilers. Um, hasn't played a whole lot of NHL time. In fact, he has only played one NHL game, and that was against the St. Louis Blues, where he played, I think, two shifts and was a minus two. Um, but yeah, drafted in 2017, like I said, third round, 84th overall. He is 23 years old, 6'3", 188 pounds. So he's a big, solid defenseman, um, still pretty young, and he is a left-handed defenseman, which is great because the left side of the Blues defense is looking awfully thin right now with injuries to Perunovic and Scandella. They definitely just needed some bodies to fill in that spot. And Samurakov does exactly that. Um, he's still young. He's still relatively unproven. So I don't foresee him, you know, being a every night guy for the blues, but I think he could work his way up to that point at some point, maybe not this season, but you know, at some point in his career, I, I would not be surprised if he was a, a everyday player for a team in the NHL. Now, this is the final year of his contract. Uh, he's making 77, $775,000. Uh, he will be an RFA, so if the Blues do want to bring him back after this year, they have every opportunity to. Um, so it's really just a matter of what their defensive depth looks like this season and next season, uh, what his role will be. But like I said, I think he has the potential to turn into an everyday player for the St. Louis Blues. But right now, I would foresee him in sort of that that Nico Mikola role of the past where he, he and maybe at some point he's even called up to the roster full time, but is that seventh or eighth defenseman that only gets in due to injuries or whatever. And Nico Mikola obviously graduated beyond that, but at the beginning that's sort of what his role was. And similar to Scott Perunovic, you know, playing nineteen games last year, I would see something similar out of Samurakov. Like maybe late in the season there's an injury or there's a trade or whatever and you need a guy to fill the role. I think Dimitri can be that guy. Um But in the meantime, you know, it's just a matter of of him, you know, proving himself in the AHL, getting comfortable with the system, uh, and just progressing a little bit more. You know, what does he bring to the table, you might ask? And it's hard. There's not a whole lot of film on him, not a whole lot of scouting on him, but from what I've gathered, he is a solid kind of all-around defenseman, uh, sort of a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Um, His defense is stronger than his offense, but he does have the ability to produce offensively at times, um, and he's responsible in his own zone. He can be a little slow on his feet sometimes. Like there's that video that was going around of Jordan Cairo just absolutely cooking him and embarrassing him. Um, so maybe not the greatest skater, but high hockey IQ, good with his positioning, um, and overall just a solid player to have You know, on defense. He's not going to be out there playing 27 minutes a night, but he's a guy that can go out there and just know his role and do the right thing. Um, and that's why I kind of foresee him as a potential everyday player for the St. Louis Blues at some point in his career if he sticks with the team, just because uh, he kind of has the tools to play on an NHL roster at this point. It's just a matter of kind of fixing some of his his weaknesses, you know, fixing his his positioning in the defensive zone at times um, can be a little sloppy, getting a little bit more comfortable in the offensive end, a little bit more comfortable moving the puck. But other than that, you know, he's physical. Um, He's smart um, with like getting in passing lanes and all that sort of stuff. Um, just at times, you could definitely see, like I said, his his positioning can be a little bit weak. He can falter a little bit, you know, when he encounters a, ski, a speedy forward such as Jordan Cairo, he can get flat-footed a little bit. But that's you know that's commonplace in the NHL. That's not something I don't think he can work out. So I'm excited. You know, I think it's a good trade for both sides. I think it makes sense. I think it was a, only a matter of time before Clem Costin uh, found another team, whether it was waivers, free agency, or a trade. Uh, I'm happy that the Blues managed to get an asset back for him. 
you know, at this point, he wasn't going to do anything for them. So uh, overall, happy with the trade. Um, excited to see what it means moving forward. Uh, that being said, though, let's jump into the Blues opening night roster. Like I said, I'm going to be going through just each player, given a you know couple sentences on my expectations for them for the season. I've talked about pretty much every single player on this list extensively throughout the offseason, uh, here or there. If you want to hear more detailed uh, reactions and, and coverage of these players, you can go through the episode catalog. I'm sure there's pretty much every single player is in the title or the description of some episode. So I'm not going to drag this on too much. Plus, there's a lot of names to cover. So let's start. I'm starting with the forwards, and it is in alphabetical order, uh, not in favoritism order or anything like that. Just just reading off the, the list that they gave on Twitter. So let's start. Nolichari. What am I expecting out of Nolichari? Nolichari is a good depth guy. Um, he played a lot of time in Boston, obviously played against the Blues in that Stanley Cup final series, got allegedly tripped uh, on the game-winning goal in Game 6, Game 5. I don't remember which game it was. I think it was Game 6. Um, so a lot of Blues fans should be familiar with him, but he has a good edge to his game. He's going to play physical. He's going to play hard. Uh, he can produce offensively a little bit, but in reality, he's a fourth-line grinder type player, and I'm expecting him to fill that role and bring some identity to the fourth line. Moving on, Ivan Barbashev. Now, Ivan Barbashev had 25 goals this year, but my expectations for him are just continue that progression. I'm not expecting him to go out and score 30 this year. I'm not even expecting him to go out and score 20. I'm just expecting him to prove that he is still a capable offensive player like he did last year. He's inevitably going to have a harder time because teams are going to look at look at the tape and say, okay, this Barbashev guy that used to kind of just be a, a grinder, two-way guy, he can score as well. Um, so just because of that, he's going to have a little bit harder of a time producing offensively, expectedly. So I just expect him to not disappear. You know, once he once the playoffs came around and got a little more intense, Ivan Barbashev didn't produce offensively and he kind of disappeared entirely. I hope and expect him to have figured out that when he's not producing offensively, he can impact the game in other ways and the Blues can still have success. All right, next up, Logan Brown. Uh, progression. I expect progression out of him. He's a guy that surprised a lot of people, including myself last year, you know, carving out a solid spot on the St. Louis Blues everyday roster. I expect him to try to do the same again once he recovers from his injury. He was a former top 12 pick, I believe, like 11th or 10th overall. Um, so he's got the potential. He's got the size. He's got the frame. He's just going to put it all together. And if he has a solid season with the St. Louis Blues, I'm loving that. Pavel Buchnevich, more of the same. He was a dominant offensive player for the St. Louis Blues last year. He was still figuring out the system, still figuring out his line mates. He now has a full year with the team under his belt, and I expect him to build off of that and continue to be one of the most underrated players in the NHL. Jordan Cairo got the big payday. Prove it. $8.5 million, prove you're worth it. I think he's worth it. I think a lot of you guys think he's worth it, but he's got to go out and improve upon his dominant season last year. He has to show that he isn't just a first-half player. He needs to come out and produce in the second half just as much as he produces in the first half. And if he does, he can have close to 100 points. Book it. Josh Levo, I expect him to play half of the games, maybe-ish. I don't know if he's going to be an every-single-night player. I think he'd be a third, fourth-line guy. I just expect him, similar to Nolachari, play your role, play physical, play hard, play with a lot of energy, you know. Show the rest of the team the energy that you got to be playing with, um earn yourself a spot, you know, earn that spot that he that he he thinks he deserves. He got sent down to the AHL just for cap purposes, got called back up. He's probably going to be that 13th-ish forward. We'll see. 
Um, don't have super high expectations. Expect him to sort of be another body out there. So moving on, Jake Neighbors. Now everyone kind of went into a panic. Jake Neighbors got sent down to the AHL, and everyone was like, oh, you know, he's, he's done. He's not playing with the Blues this year now. That was just a cap-compliant move. They just had to be below a certain threshold. St. Louis Blues had to be below a, th- a certain threshold um, ahead of the start of the regular season. That came and passed. They called Jake Neighbors back up. My expectations for Jake Neighbors, earn an everyday spot. I think he deserves an everyday spot, but with how many good forwards there are on this roster, how many good wingers there are on this roster, he's got to work for it. He's got to earn it. He's got to show people that he is as legit that I think he is. I've been singing his praises for years now. I think he can be a really, really impactful rookie on this team if he earns that spot. So when he does, you know, the expectations will change. But right now, it's all about just proving to Craig Berube and the front office and the rest of the coaching staff that he can play every single night and play successfully, whether it's on the third line, fourth line, second line, first line. He's got to be that guy, and I'm expecting that out of him. Ryan O'Reilly. He's got to be a leader. You know, he's the captain of the team. He's taken a small, tiny, tiny step back offensively, but he is still just as dominant as ever defensively and in the faceoff dot. Um, I expect him to have a little bit of a bounce back offensively, uh, a little bit more goals, a little bit more assists, um, and he's got to lead the Blues to the playoffs, you know, plain and simple. Brendan Saad. uh, He was an underrated player for the St. Louis Blues last year. Um, I expect him to do more of the same this upcoming season, continue to produce. He's going to be playing on multiple different lines, I think, so it's going to be a matter of him staying fluid, staying comfortable, um, and just adapting to whatever situation he's in. He's going to end up on the first line at times. He's probably going to end up on the third line at times. He's just got to be ready to adapt to that and, you know, play through it. Uh, that being said, I'm going to continue this rapid-fire player review in this upcoming third and final segment. I got a couple more forwards to go through, and then the defensemen and the goalies. Make sure you stay tuned. Be right back. All right, moving on. Got a couple forwards to go before we wrap up the forward portion of this rapid-fire player review. First guy is Braden Shen. Now, Braden Shen has not been fully healthy in a good chunk of time for the St. Louis Blues. He dealt with broken ribs and injuries left and right the last season or so. Um, and it showed. It definitely seemed like he was he had taken a step back in all areas of his game, and that contract of his started looking a little questionable. But then all that news about his injuries came out, and you're like, okay, it's a little understandable. So he is supposedly fully healthy heading into the regular season this year, and I expect that to show. I expect a resurgence from Braden Shen. Uh, similar to Brandon Saad, I think he's going to be kind of up and down the lineup, at least at the beginning. He could find himself on the first line. He could even find himself on the third line. The most important thing for him is to prove that he is just as good offensively when he is fully healthy. Um, I think he can be up there around 60, 70 points uh, if he has a fully healthy season, and I expect to see that out of him. Next up, Vladimir Tarasenko. 40 goals. That's my expectation. He's in a contract year. He's hopefully fully healthy. He's at a full offseason to train. Um, he's going to be up there on the first line most of the time. He's one of the few forwards that I think is going to be getting consistent first, second line ice time throughout the entire season, as well as power play time. He was on pace for 40 goals last year if he played a full season. And if he continues that pace and plays a little bit better, like I think he will because of that contract here, I think 40 goals is in his sights. Whew, I'm running out of breath. This is a, this is a, this is a fun segment. Um, Robert Thomas, what more can you say? Same things as Jordan Cairo. He got the big payday. He's got to show that he's worth it. He's got to show that he can be, and this is going to sound like a hot take, but he's got to show that he could be the next captain of the St. Louis Blues, um, whether that's through his leadership, his play on the ice, all of the above. The Blues are entrusting him as their center of the future. 
um, as their franchise player of the future, along with Jordan Cairo. I think they're a little bit higher on Robert Thomas than they are on Jordan Cairo. Not, not that there's anything against Cairo. I just think Thomas is a slightly more proven. Um, and because of that, I expect him to go out there and really make a name for himself this season. I expect him to turn heads. I hope for an all-star appearance for him. Um, and, you know, with that, you know, potential first-line minutes by the end of the season. Two guys I'm just going to lump into one, Alexi Toropchenko and Nathan Walker, similar to Josh Levo, just prove you deserve a spot. Toropchenko's a little bit younger. I think he could be potentially an everyday guy for the Blues moving forward. Um, he's a guy that I'm pretty excited about. Uh, big body, physical, uh, can play hard, can play well, can produce offensively. If he can prove that he is uh, deserving of a lineup spot, you know, matchup-based or every single night, I think that's a win for him. Same thing with Nathan Walker. He's not going to be playing every single night, but he's going to go out there based on matchups, based on injuries. He's going to get his. Just continue to be that past that workhorse, play well. You know, I love Nathan Walker, super high on him. Uh, so that is the forward group for the St. Louis Blues. I hope you could follow that. I know it was fast-paced. I know I was blazing through it. I even ran out of breath talking real fast, trying to fit it into the 20, 25-minute episode window, but good stuff there. Moving on quickly to the defense before we're wrapping this one up. Robert Bortuzzo, to play your role. He's going to be a third-pairing physical defenseman. He's one of the most consistent defensemen that the St. Louis Blues have. You know what you're getting out of him. He's not going to be a first-pairing defenseman. He's not going to go out there and shut down top lines of the opposing teams, but he's going to play physical. Um, he's going to you know, play his minutes well. He's going to kill penalties. It's what you need. He's a utility guy. He's a Swiss Army knife. You need that, and he needs to be that this year. And also, side note, I want to see a Robert Bortuzzo goal so bad. The bench goes crazy. Bortuzzo goes crazy. He's got the best celebrations. I'm praying for it. I'm praying for a Robert, Robert Bortuzzo goal. Multiple, even. Justin Falk, he's got to be the best defenseman for the St. Louis Blues, at least to start the year. Um, he was really, really good for them last year. Uh, he's got to do the same this year. It's going to be sort of a defense by committee with that top four, but as of right now, unless Colton Perenko steps up, which I'll get to in you know, a few names, Justin Falk's got to be the guy. He's got to be the closest thing to a number one defenseman the Blues have, at least initially, if they want a chance to win the Stanley Cup. And I expect that out of him. He's a real good player. He can do it offensively. He can do it defensively. He looks really, really good when he's got a consistent uh, pairing. I believe he'll be with Tory Krug, and he looked really, really good with Tory Krug last year. Tory Krug, moving on. Points, 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 points. An offensive defenseman could do wonders for the St. Louis Blues this year if Tory Krug was able to uh, put up a lot of points and stay healthy. He had a little bit of a hard time staying healthy last season. He was out for most of the playoffs. Um, but he's a great power play quarterback, especially with Scott Primovich going down. He is going to be the heart and soul of the Blues power play. Uh, and if he can, you know, get those pucks on net, set up players for deflections, make good passes, puts up a big, big number of points this year, the Blues offense is going to have a ton of success. Nick Letty. Prove the contract is worth it. A lot of people, including myself, are very skeptical of not locking Nick Letty up for four years. It really feels like a redundant move, like he could have done better. He's going to go out there and prove it. He's got to be steady. Steady Letty. That's going to be my nickname for him. I'm, I'm making that happen. Steady Letty. You know what you're getting out of him most nights. He's a spectacular puck mover. Um, he can hold his own defensively. He sometimes can struggle if he's out there against some top-end talent. But on the, at the other hand, he looked really, really good at times against Nathan McKinnon in the Avalanche series. So he just got to stay consistent. Um, put up some points as well and prove that he belongs in the top four of a Stanley Cup contending NHL team. Not saying the Blues are a Stanley Cup contending NHL team, but if Nick Letty can do that, can prove that he can be a top four defender for a Stanley Cup contending team, that'll help the Blues get to that point. Nico Mikola, prove that you can be an everyday defenseman. 
He looked really, really good at times for the Blues last year, and then he looked unplayable at other times um, when he was up there on that first pairing. I don't think he's going to be spending much time at all, if any, on the first pairing for the Blues this year. He might not even be an everyday guy, but still, he needs to prove that he can be an everyday defenseman. He is one of the few young defensemen the Blues have on their roster, so if he can go out there and prove that he's got a spot, he will earn himself a spot not just this year, but in the future for the St. Louis Blues as well. Now, here's a big one. Colton Pareko. Now, I said that Justin Falk needs to be the number one defenseman, but what could bring the Blues a lot of success, and this is obviously a huge hypothetical, if Colton Pareko even gets to 75-80% of what he was in that Stanley Cup run alongside Jay Bowmeister. There were talks of Colton Pareko winning um, Conn Smythe during that run, of him being the best player for the Blues in the playoffs, and that was legitimate. He looked dominant out there. He looked like the future of the franchise on the defensive end, and he just really hasn't matched that total yet. He's still been a good defenseman, but he hasn't gotten quite up to that level, and if he is able to do that, even a little bit of that this season, the Blues defense goes from just above average to really, really scary. Now, that is all the defensemen. Oh, besides Kale Rosen. Kale Rosen, similar to what I've said about other defensemen. Prove you can play. Earn yourself a roster spot. Fight hard. Um... Go, moving on to the goalies, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because I've spent a ton of time talking about Jordan Bennington and Thomas Grice in this offseason on these episodes. But Jordan Bennington, prove you can be a starter on an NHL level. He's going to be getting more starts than he's ever had. The playoff chances hinge on Jordan Bennington. If he is good, the Blues make the playoffs. If he struggles, the Blues don't. I don't think he's going to struggle enough for the Blues to miss the playoffs. I just don't think that's in. I don't think that's in the cards for the Blues this year. But it could happen, and that's scary. It's a lot of pressure on Jordan Bennington, and he's got to step up to the plate, accept the task. I think he can do it. Thomas Grice, just be a solid backup. That's all you can really ask out of him. Win more starts than he loses. Give the team a chance to win. That's really all you can ask for a backup goalie like Thomas Grice. That being said, that is all the time I have for you guys on today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it a little bit uh, out of the ordinary. I kind of just spent the last... 20 minutes of the episode 15 minutes of the episode just rambling about every single player on the roster if that's something that you guys enjoyed let me know if it's something that was like kind of annoying to listen to let me know trying something new and that's what you guys are here for to give me feedback so <clears throat> that is all the time i have for you guys today make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button whatever podcast platform you're listening to me on also subscribe to the channel on youtube at locked on blues get close to 500 like i said you can follow locked on blues on twitter instagram facebook and tiktok at locked on blues you can follow me on twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. But like I said, thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.